0: Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Awesome Book Club podcast. I'm Rhett. Hey, during this episode and two others, we are going to be reading and discussing The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. This is an absolute must read, and of course, it is one of the most enduring books of the 20th century. If you need to get your hands on this, you can do it on Amazon for less than two bucks. So no excuses. Get on with it. Anyone who doesn't Yet no, The Diary of a Young Girl was written by an adolescent Anne Frank as she is in hiding from the Nazis with her family. She is a young spark of life, and her writing will have you burning through pages. That being said, if you guys are listening along or reading along and you want to chime in with your interpretations or give us your ideas or smack us on the back of the head for something dumb we might have said, you can tweet us. We are at Awesome Book Club. And if that isn't enough, you can write us a letter or email us ABC at our And with that, should serve as a reminder that this is a book club, and that is your invitation to join in the conversations that we want to be having and to share in this experience of going through this book with us, especially if it's your first time, like it is ours. And with that, guys, I won't hold you any further. We're going to discuss The diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. One more quick thing, guys. If you want to get your hands on the next book that we're going to be discussing here on the podcast, then you should get to your keyboards right now and look up An Indigenous People's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz. Get your hands on it quick because this is going to be the book that we uh, are discussing when you find the next new episodes of the Awesome Book Club podcast. It's not enough to be surrounded by concrete and steel all the time. Yeah. And I think it's something that deep down a lot of people understand, and she knew it. And now it's like this weird scientific debate that, like, people have. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why? We all know. She knows. <laughs> yeah. She's a kid, you yeah. huh? know? Yeah. I'm just kinda of going in order of my notes, so sorry we're jumping around a little bit, but you know, we were talking about I thought it was very interesting, but I think it the the part where facing the dilemma about wanting more than a husband and kids and a house, you know, she wants to be more than a homemaker. It's interesting that those same expectations are, like, what we sort of place on women today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, It's crazy to me that, like, we can't go to a family outing with my family without anybody asking Bailey, like, when mm-hmm. we're going to yeah. have kids.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was... I can't... I wish I wrote down the page number, but there was this one day where she basically just called out people for being, like... Like, for suppressing women, basically. Yeah. You know, and it seemed like really feminist for that time. I think period.
0: every woman woman is a feminist, and that's what's amazing. Yeah. Like, there are lots of women who like tend to go against their own sex for some reason, and I think it's because men have got to them in some way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I have relatives who who alone are like these raging sparks of f- feminine willpower and then when they're around their husbands it's like they're these meek little church mice hmm. and it's like what how do you reconcile that in your life and it's amazing to see and granted it wasn't that long ago it's modern you know her her life happened in modern times for all intents and well, purposes my mm-hmm. grandpa's older than her and she older than she would
1: be yeah he's still alive and i thought about that a lot throughout this It's like yeah. wow like like my grandpa was in World War Two and he landed in France, uh, the third day of D Day, and the fact that he was over there, like probably getting closer and closer to her by the day. Wow is like mind blowing. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and then thinking about that That's and then my amazing. my grandma back home. Like, she was a couple years younger than Anne would have been. But it's like they're basically like growing up, probably very like similar times you know like growing up while this is going on and it's like wow my grandma might have been feeling some of the exact same things about like being a a girl and like growing up the same time Mm -hmm. it's weird
0: to think about and that's that's a fascinating thing too is i always (sighs) try to imagine like what was somebody else doing that day Hmm. You know, and she's writing this on that, you know, the first day, granted, my dad wasn't alive yet, but her first entry is on what would have been my dad's birthday if he was alive. Oh, really? You know, and so I tried to think, like, well, my dad wasn't alive, but, like, what were my grandparents doing? Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, I thought about that a lot, too.
2: Well, it's amazing that your grandpa was probably going towards her. Yeah. You know, getting closer and closer. And
1: Yeah. Well, and when this started, my grandpa, my grandpa was drafted... When he was a senior in high school, he turned 18 and mm-hmm. then he was drafted. Yeah. So he didn't even finish school. And that was in nineteen forty-four. Wow. So like when this book started, my grandpa was in high school. Wow. And then and then <laughs> he was, you know, he was still growing up himself. Yeah. And then by the time, like, you know, it's in nineteen forty-four, we're like most of the way through the book, or more than halfway through the book, mm-hmm. my grandpa is probably like landing over in freaking Wales or whatever, mm. like to start his, uh, preparation for D-Day. Wow. Like what? <laughs> that was all going
0: on at the same time. Wow. Like this is mind blowing. Wow. It-, it does boggle the mind how, you know, and I-, I mentioned this to you guys before the podcast too, but it's like, there's the one scene where she talks about what <clears throat> later became a movie starring Tom Cruise, you know, mm. Valkyrie or whatever. Oh yeah. And you know, with the assassination attempt on Hitler, and she's talking about it. She's like, yeah. "Oh my god! Like a German, like you know, yeah. officer attempted, you know, to kill Hitler." Yeah. She's like, "That's amazing! Like yeah. even Germans are sick of him." You know? Yeah. And I was—I always think that, like, how many little like machinations are happening on any one point? But then you zero in, and here's a girl sitting at a desk writing in her diary. And what's amazing is like we have it all in one place, but then you think about it transpiring page by page. You know, like Yeah, it was these pages were being written
1: yeah. like, in order. Like at some point her journal was only like three pages long. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and I normally when I like learn about history for some reason, my brain likes the grand scale, like knowing what different nation states yeah. were doing or mm-hmm. whatever. And we talked about
0: this too earlier before the podcast.
1: But yeah, it's like so valuable to zoom in on this individual level. Mm-hmm. You well, know, it's kind of like in Hiroshima when we were talking about the individual suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really important. I feel like, and I feel like this is what I've gathered from the last couple of books um you know with sapiens maybe it was like the anim- the treatment of animals and like considering their uh experience and last time it was hiroshima this time it's anne frank it's really important to add context to what you know by getting that individualistic perspective i mm. think yeah
2: and it makes thinking about like her individual world kind of that small universe i think about those dutch people that were helping out yeah they're not jewish they're just like getting fruits and vegetables and and just kind of doing their doing their best and providing company and bringing nice things and getting you know getting them christmas presents and yeah, just the steps that those, thinking of all the people in Europe that were supporting little groups of Jewish people and doing what they could and kind of standing up, even though it was, they're risking, they're all my, they're risking thrown in jail. Right. That, that's also a little heartwarming, you know, yeah. we're thinking yeah. about the wider characters here, you know, Yeah. Oh. of course you have the people in the room, but then yeah. you have your grandpa coming as a soldier and you have right. these people... Who are like helping out and providing carrots and.
1: Dude, and those people that helped out, holy cow, sticky, sorry. they did anyway. so much work to, right. to keep them afloat. All right? All of the food and, you know, clothing and all that kind of stuff that
0: they're. That and, and not Imagine, to mention like news. Oh my God. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that something like that happens today. Like, how much would you be comfortable? Helping other people like that.
2: Yeah. I think as much as... Yeah. As true. much as possible. You know, like... And I, I think that... There's a lot of blueprints for how you want to live in wow. this book. And one of those is how would you want to live if you're forced to be in that apartment? And I think... It, reading learning listening to what you can about the outside world and trying to interact with those people and learn about your relationships with them and those grow and evolve over time and that's like one part of it and then it's who would you want to be on the outside and i think it's these supporting characters that give such a blueprint for that and show that it was it's totally possible if you have a vegetable market you can like you know, just kind of scam the system a little bit and get some away. <laughs> and you won't really get caught, at least for years. Some people yeah. are getting caught near the end. But but still, even if you do get caught, it's totally worth it because you provided, like, needed
0: sustenance to all these people. Dude, I that... I always wonder if I would have the courage to do that in that situation, you yeah, know? Yeah, I know. What Same were you going to say, though?
1: I was, I was going to say, wasn't that sad, too? Like, afterwards, when, when, every, when the journal is over, they show what happened to everybody yeah seven of the eight people in the house died within like the next year and then everybody outside of that lived to like you
0: know at least past the 60s or whatever it just pains me too that like this kid like and imagine the people that had it worse sorry my voice is starting to go a little bit sorry imagine the people that had it worse and already i think like a young woman being separated from her family and like not knowing who was alive or who was dead and being alone and being hungry and being cold and being surrounded by strangers. like, she didn't even know when her sister died and she was there in the camp with her. And then she dies from a disease. (sighs) That's just like, like, what happened to her, her Her remains? Like, was she cremated? Was she thrown into a mass grave? I'm pretty sure they... In my version, I thought they said that, that they were... Cremated. They were
1: thrown into, like, a mass oh, grave mass and grade. burned.
0: And it's just like, they yeah. talked about... Oh, it just... It pains me. And then it pains me that, like, this one story is the one that impacted me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the countless others. They, they took out two-thirds of the Jewish population of Europe. Yeah. Or two thirds of the Jewish population of the world. Wasn't it six million people that
1: died? Yeah. Quite
0: a few. And well, and like this is the
1: the Nazis clearly didn't value Jewish life. They wanted to exterminate it. And like this book is absolute proof that they were their lives were meaningful and worth something. That's Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, and that's why I'm so thankful that the book is is available, and it's a thing that we can enjoy. But it's horrific and sad. And like I said, dude, I was reading the book, and there's had to be more than half a dozen times where I was just started crying. Yeah, and then I started crying, and I'm like, why? Like, a, I mean, it's beautiful that it happened. Like, beautiful that we have this thing that we can read, and it's a it's a direct link to a human's mind during one of the most horrific periods in human history Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) well think think about how valuable this this kind of a thing would have been for all of the the people throughout history like you Mm -hmm. know people who who claim their messiahs or like Mm -hmm. different kings or whatever like yeah this book
0: is insane dude I know. And um, like I said, it, it's a total try-hard pick, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I, it blew me away. It surpassed all of my expectations. Yeah. yeah. It was
2: – it makes me want – two thoughts that in this conversation has made me think about just recently here is there's got to be other diaries, There's got to be other memoirs from the war. A ton of them, I'm I'm sure. So, I'm I'm guessing if you wanted to read about different people's experience, you could find those. And maybe there's collections of them that kind of showcase different experiences. So, that that might be one thing. The other thing is something that I did at the end, which I'm sure a lot of people do, is I tried to look up stories of the moment when they were betrayed. What was it like?
0: What happened?
2: How did they feel? You know know what
0: the worst part is? They don't. To this day, there's no, nobody knows who nobody betrayed knows them. Nobody knows who betrayed them. Yeah, and and, the, and but the, I don't know about your guys' but mine described the price in which that person would have been paid. Oof! Oh, wow. Gosh. Which equated to like a dollar forty per person. Mm.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, it's so I don't know. It's so shitty, and I I thought that the one person that could give insight into what happened that moment where they opened the door and arrested them would have been Otto because he was there. And he had a really powerful quote saying something like, I will never talk about that day because it's just so shattering to him that they made it this whole time and then boom, they get captured and seven of the eight die. And he just said, I'll never... Because he would be the one that could tell you, you know, this person was there, this person was there, Anne was writing, but i will like... And then these are their faces. This is what they said right away. But he's like, I will never talk about it. It's not worth people knowing. And that it's... uh, That tells me a lot more about the pain of that situation
0: than... Well, because it's real. And it's really hard to... uh, Sorry, my voice is starting to go really badly now. It's hard to remember that it's real even though we know that it is yeah and because you're just reading it in a book how many countless pages of text have mm-hmm. i read that are just pure fiction
1: yeah. yeah and now
0: i'm reading this thing that's equal parts amazing and delightful and joyous and horrific yeah and uh i remember reading it and i remember like when I brought it home after pals that day and I was laying on the couch reading it and I was listening to some music or something and I got like 20 pages in and I was like laughing and I was like, this is so amazing. Like what an amazing girl. Yeah. And then that was the first time I cried while reading it because, because I know how it ends. And I was like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it sucks that I feel that way about one person out of the countless people who probably went through the same exact thing. Yeah. Hiding and then being discovered and being murdered. Yeah. But you need a window into it.
2: And I think that I, I've i been going back and forth as to whether or not I feel that's right or wrong or bad or good. But it is really that Winston Churchill quote. I feel like I've said it before, but that one death is a tragedy and a million deaths is a,
0: a statistic. Eddie Izzard has a joke yeah. about that. Yeah. And it's. It's a bad joke, but it, it it is true. It's like, you kill one person and you're a horrific murderer. You kill ten and, you know, you're a, you're a serial killer and we're going to lock you in a padded room and then maybe we'll, you know, execute you or whatever. But you kill a million people and it's like, well, you must get up very early in the morning. A million people, you say. Wow, that's a statistic, all right. You know, it's I'm like, right. we don't care. It's
2: just too many. Yeah, and that... But I... Th- I think that we need stories then to connect, and so that's why I was bringing up the other diaries. Like maybe, maybe what's the most wrong about this is that we only know this one, right? And our culture as a society, or as a society, we have patience for one Holocaust story. You right. know, maybe Ellie Wiesel and um,
0: which I've Roman. never read.
2: I've read it. it's good. Night. Right?
0: I'm I'm, I'm yeah, reconsidering yeah. my night is good. Of it.
1: Also, uh, Vic is it Victor Frankel? Um, I don't know. He, uh, I can't
2: remember what the name of that book is, but there, I think that, you know, we can't, this is only one story, but it, it's not her fault that, you know, our, we've only had patience for one right? and and we haven't, I haven't even read this one. Yet, I haven't me like, too. So I think that I, I do think we have to connect through the stories of the individuals in order to feel the weight of it, mm-hmm. but maybe reading, you know, 10 or 20 more books like this, you could really then grasp the scale of what did a gypsy go through? What did someone go through who was
0: in Germany the whole time? I would love to read a gypsy account. Yeah. I, um, yeah. And you know, you made me think about it earlier because we were talking about, you know, like me and Taylor kind of naturally gravitate towards the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm, I'm always doing that. Where the fascinating thing to me is, like, what's happening happening simultaneously at any point in the world at any time. Mm-hmm. There's a million and a half. No, there's not a million and a half. There's right now. There's seven and a half billion stories unfolding at any moment. Some of them are mundane little stories like ours. Some of them are f- great adventures. Some of them are tragedies. Some of them are comedies. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, that's the way that my brain processes things, but. Like you were saying before, like, is it a bad thing that we need the one story to sort of finally grasp, like, how horrific something is or how great something is? And to me, I wonder, it's like, well, I think it's just, it's how human beings work. And if we have to, like, exploit our, like, defunct monkey DNA in order to, like, empathize with people, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do that. Because I think it's something that we need more of. Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, I think this should be required reading for, like, you know, any human being who wants to, you know, I don't know. I'd say, like, shoot, read it before you're 25. I'm sad that I waited this long. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have used this book. I mean, like I said, in hindsight, it feels like the perfect time now. Better late than ever. But, like, I wish that I had read this book years ago. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in high school. I don't think I would have appreciated it. I don't even think I would have appreciated it before I was 21. Because hmm. I was still an asshole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But now. And I still am. <clears throat> but every day it's like I read something that changes me just a little bit. And Well,
1: that's the whole point of the podcast and the book club.
0: Yeah. I um, I think we're kind of winding down a little bit.
1: Yeah, do you guys want to share, like, final thoughts or?
2: Yeah, I, I'll start. I mean, I think my final thought is pretty simple of read the book. Yeah. You have to read this book. It, And not for the reasons you would think, like, not because it's a try-hard book that you should read and you right. can check a box, but because... The writing is fantastic. The main character is one of the best main characters ever read. And it's fucking real. It's all real. It's all real. And it it just kind of... It really becomes this, like, touching story of a young girl going through a terrible tragedy that you can instantly relate to, instantly get on board with, and then really mourn for it then. And so I just... Yeah. I say... If you have if this is a book you haven't read or if this is a book you read once in high school, I think it's worth picking up again and really trying to go at it with a serious, intentional, like open heart and I think you'll be
0: just stunned by how good it is. The book starts in June of 1942 with her getting this diary. Yeah. And then the book ends on August 1st, 1944. They were in hiding for twenty-five months. And her last diary entry, it's clear that she had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah. I'm I would love to know, like just you know, I would like kill for like those last two days. Like, come on Anne, like what did you do? But there's just nothing. August 4th, 1944 they were betrayed by somebody probably somebody who worked in the place or was even like delivering things for them Mm -hmm. and who knows what their reasons are I would love to know who it is and I would part of me wants to kick them in the nuts or whatever but at the same time like how desperate were they that they needed that ten dollars what was going through their mind because it it's not, it can not have been easy and it couldn't have been easy to go on living with this book in the world and knowing what you did. Mm. And I mean, that's the part, (laughs) I don't know. I wish there was more to know, but like, sadly, like life, there are some things that you just will never learn. (laughs) There's some mysteries that will never be solved. And, it's disappointing that somebody's life, you know, not, not just seven other people, but, like, this little girl, like, who, you know, you read this book and she comes to be, like, one of your best friends when you're reading it. Surely she wasn't betrayed out of spite. Yeah. Right? I mean... I, I read some theories about who it was
2: and it, it's totally unknown. Yeah. And like you're saying, it could have been it could have been Spite. It could have been someone that her father dealt with. It wasn't about her for sure. No. The people that betrayed them, it was either about them, like a struggle they were going through or about a bad business relationship or, you know, some sort of old grudge. But she's just an innocent part of it all. She didn't do any, you know, there's no way she could have done anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and they talk a lot about Different encounters with burglars, and the the last one that happened was like yeah. really
0: scary. And they were, that was a long ass entry. You yeah, know. Wow. that was like several pages. Yeah,
1: and uh, i and I can't remember exactly everything that went down that last time, but it seemed like it was very some, some serious information had been kind of given up in terms of like. People, people thought there. that they knew that someone was hiding there kind yeah. of thing. so I, I, got, I got like I got a really, really bad
0: vibe at that point point. and that part what's crazy is like it almost based on where it's in the book I, I was reading that part and I was like this feels like a climax because you know the book's coming to an end and there's crazy things happening and it's the longest entry in the book by far and it's also, like, it's super convoluted. Like, I had a hard time following that part. I had to read it a couple times. Because, it's like, what? They tricked him that, like, the police were coming or something? Like, I don't know. Dude, this cat is
2: <laughs> getting hair in your water. And feeling it something. takes about three... I thought that was going to be the moment. And then, the, like, a week later, they yeah, were captured. And, and it's kind of... But it took months. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't... It's a little... It starts to weaken the cause yeah. and effect between, oh, there was this burglary, and then, boom, they caught him. Like it, Well,
1: and also people that had been helping them had been getting sick, and somebody got caught serious. as well. yeah. Um, doing, yeah, that's right. Something. One of the people
0: that was bringing their vegetables. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, there, it was just like, overall, their situation
0: was weakening mm-hmm. over time. Uh, and, and then it just kills you to think that, like, they were the last train. Yeah. And it's like, what if they had lasted just a little longer? Yeah. It always makes me wonder, like, you know, I think this all the time, and it's a very, very like pessimistic viewpoint, but I always... Or very nihilistic viewpoint, I guess, is like, what's the point of doing anything? I think to myself, what's the point of exercising and, or eating healthy? Might allow me to live naturally longer, but I could step off of a curb and be hit by a bus and die instantly, and my working out will have been for nothing. Mm -hmm. you know and it's like they made all these preparations and they did all this stuff and it's like do you have any choice like should they have just like surrendered because like it's futile or like do you hang out and then it's like the fact that they like just a little while longer in retrospect and they would have probably lived all of them what do you take away that it's meaningless or that or that like you should hang on to hope
1: I don't know. I I mean, they were preparing for their life afterwards,
0: and it sounded like they were doing a damn good job about it. You know, like, like, you prepare for your life afterwards because, like, what does it mean otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and you can't come out and just, like, have all this time lost. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, My... no, yeah, yeah go, go for ahead. it what were you gonna say
2: I thought I was gonna continue the final thoughts yeah yeah go ahead but if you're I'm done with my final thought I was gonna tell Taylor to start his final well I'm like go sitting ahead, here debating
1: last. um I just thought that the, the very last thing that she said was like really powerful and like I don't <sighs> yeah. know if I should read it go for it but please do There, so there it's I like thought, I thought I was it was trying, very pungent poignant was... <laughs> Pungent Uh, I was trying to find a good spot to start Where she says but it's like she kind of It's a long I think that last paragraph is like one one sentence sentence. So I'm just going to read the last paragraph I'm going to open this Um, I think basically She's just internalizing Her behavior And like the differences uh, Maybe she's She's experienced over time Um, So anyways Last paragraph. She says, A voice within me is sobbing. You see, that's what's become of you. You're surrounded by negative opinions, dismayed looks, and mocking faces, people who dislike you, and all because you don't listen to the advice of your own better half. Believe me, I'd like to listen, but it doesn't work, because if I'm quiet and serious, everyone thinks I'm putting on a new act, and I have to save myself with a joke. And then I'm not even talking about my own family, who assume I must be sick, stuff me with aspirins and sedatives, feel my neck and forehead to see if I have a temperature, ask about my bowel movements and berate me for being in a bad mood, until I just can't keep it up anymore, because when everybody starts hovering over me, I get cross, then sad, and finally end up turning my heart inside out, the bad part on the outside and the good part on the inside and keep trying to find a way to become what I'd like to be and what I could be if... if only there were no other people in the world. Yours, Anne M. Frank. And then, boom. Anne's diary ends here.
0: Um, what's interesting is we have separate translations. Yeah, mine was pretty different than that. Mine says... Mine says, um... Not to mention my own family, who are sure to think I'm ill, make me swallow pills for headaches and nerves, feel my neck and my head to see whether I'm running a temperature, ask if I'm constipated, oh. and criticize me for being in a bad mood. You said bowel movements. Yeah. And I was like, I remember that being constipated. Um, also, yours is signed Anne M. Frank. Mine says yours Anne. And huh. same. we have the same translation. Interesting. Language. I wonder if it's...
2: Something where, from the German, you can take it more literally yeah. or you can try and make it more colloquial, yeah and I'm guessing who's your pub- deals- who's yours published by <laughs> um wilco publishing house. oh interesting mine's published in India really so, but ahead. i but I'm guessing it's a, the same translation as mine is from bantam,
1: mine's random house
2: might I wonder. I mean, it really affects her writing whether yeah. or not you. Because she wasn't writing English, right? Right. So it, yeah. I. But even still,
1: like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I Definitely. think the the point, like, probably was similar. Yeah, totally. but it's just like God. She that paragraph. She just like described what it's like living in a family, yeah. and like,
0: yeah, basically. I think that all the time. I was like, I could probably be who I wanted to be. I, I always think that that like that like people are the outside factor in my life that like make me into like the things that I don't like being It's not necessarily true it's just yeah. a way of me like shedding responsibility for my own bullshit yeah but I share that same thought quite a bit I just I just felt like it was so
1: much like her deep feelings mm. like right at the end and it was like she was kind of on it almost felt like she was kind of on like a down she was in a very downer
0: kind of mood I think everything like generally in her last year everything was kind of more depressing yeah I have some if you don't mind yeah go for it I'm looking for one quote but she writes on February 3rd 44. I've now reached the stage that I don't care much whether I live or die. The world will still keep on turning without me. What is going to happen will happen, and anyway, it's no good to resist. I trust to luck and do nothing but work, hoping that all will end well.
1: Hmm. That reminds me too of one quote about basically she's she's a warrior and she 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 was like, I'm prepared for this fight. I'm going to keep fighting kind of a thing. And and right. we're, we're basically here like training. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Ah, uh, there's a quote yeah. I'm looking for about. Hmm. Uh.
2: I, th- I, at the end that made me almost question who she really is because she was kind of we've been seeing her inside life. And that last point she's trying to make is that, well, I'm never myself. I'm never showing my true self to people. And then it made me think, are we seeing it? And I, and I, in some ways, yes, because we're in her diary, but even then it's like what she's talking about seems different than the other, other entries. You know, it seems like an even deeper level of self reflection. Yeah.
0: Well, she's analyzing her. She's analyzing her like, You know, I don't, it's like she's reflecting on a reflection. Yeah. You know, it's like inception wise, you know, she's like going down a level. (laughs) I've got a couple things I want to talk about. There are a couple quotes real quick. One quote. And then I want to ask you guys before I give my final thoughts, like what your favorite part was, Mm. but real quick one of the Okay, two, two quotes September 1643 This part like broke my heart a good hearty laugh would help more than ten valerian pills, but we've almost forgotten how to laugh.
1: Hmm.
0: that's dreary. Then another one that I thought was exceptionally poetic. October 29, 43. I wander from one room to another, downstairs and up again, feeling like a songbird whose wings have been clipped and is hurling himself in utter darkness against the bars of his cage. Hmm. How beautiful and sad. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's amazing to think like, I think she was exceptionally advanced for her age. Maybe I do recall having deep thoughts at that age myself. And I think the fact that she's had practice of putting it all down to paper, you know, helps her case, but I don't know. She was a beautiful human being. What were you guys' favorite parts? I'll go first if you guys want. Yeah, why. go for it. Okay. My know. favorite part is, and I don't have an exact quote or exactly when it was, but mm. there's a scene when they're talking about peeling potatoes. Mm. And, God, I loved when she's talking about everybody and, like, Mrs. Van Dammer, Van Pels, uh, was like, You know, she's doing it. She hates every second of it. She's, like, railing against it. But then her dad, her dad had a peeling potato face. And when he was peeling potatoes, well, by golly, nothing in the world mattered more. (laughs) He was an expert on peeling potatoes. And no one knew the better way than he did. You know, it's like, he, like, pulls this, like, mantle across himself of, like, potato-peeling king, you know? (laughs) I, for some reason, that description, like... Oh, it brought so much joy to my heart because Mm. I think we all have that type of thing, you know, where you're doing it and it's like the most mundane task, but you're like, God damn it. This is my task. And nobody knows it better than me. Like I'm the, and it's like, she knows when he's in that mode because he's got the potato peeling face. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I remembered exactly when that was. I'd I'd quote it.
2: it Hmm. I, I, I want to mention a mundane thing as well. Cause But I'll say, like, a bigger moment. I think I loved all the mentions of butter. For whatever reason, I just thought it was so, like... What a perfect window into their life
0: that every time they get a little extra butter. Yeah. She's so excited. And they have butter rations. Yeah. She's just like, that is gold. Yeah. Know, wasn't literally. that like well, one of the holidays? They got like a bigger something, ration. Yeah. And it happened and throughout. baked biscuits.
1: Yeah. That's the, yeah. something that I found interesting throughout the whole book was just that they still celebrated birthdays and stuff. And yeah. they, they like made sure that to. the people on the outside like brought them special things Before or that, they yeah. saved a certain... Part of the dinner or whatever that was like the good part for a you know six weeks or whatever, so they could give it to that person for yeah. their birthday or I whatever. Think that's it's like
0: what helps keep you yeah. sane, you know. I think you're right. There was a, a, a Nova special I watched, you know, on OPB years ago when I was in high school about these uh, people who wanted to get to the North Pole N- Norwegians and they crafted this boat that could almost sail on the ice in such a way because the ice would go in because what normally happened is the ice comes in and it crushes your boat <laughs> but they created a specially reinforced hole that well the ice would choo, and they would kind of pop up on the mm-hmm. ice and then they could push their boat further and maybe if they get in the water again the ice comes up and the same thing happens mm-hmm. well they got stuck in the Arctic for a year or more and And the captain and his first mate said, I'm making it to the North. I wish I could remember these people's names. I'll have to look it up later, but we're making it to the North Pole. So what they did is the captain and the first mate set out on sledges with dogs. And they told the other people to turn around or maybe to like wait. And if they're not back, assume they're dead and leave. Well, what happened is they didn't expect like the ice drift. And as they're going they were kept taking the readings and they're like, we're not getting any closer. The ice is moving this way while we're trying to go that way. Mm. And eventually they, I mean, they ended up getting lost in the Arctic for two years.
2: Two years.
0: What? Yeah. And they created this cave that they lived in and they shot walruses or something from like far away. And that's how they survived was on walrus blubber. But even they celebrated birthdays and Christmas and all this stuff. And on the day that marked Christmas, I remember this specifically. It blew me away. One of them put on a clean shirt. No, no, no. One of them put on a clean pair of underwear, and the other one turned his shirt inside out. That was their (laughs) gift to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So random, honey. How often would you celebrate something if you're on your own, right? I feel like we all would. You know, one of the things they teach you, like when I was a Boy Scout, is like celebrating those little things. Mm Mm-hmm. You even see it in Survivor Man. You know, he's like, I got hot water! Yeah! You know, (laughs) singing songs and doing all that stuff because it boosts your morale. Yeah. It's, like, what gives meaning to, like, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And they do a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would say the the, the deep thing that I liked that was just a story point was when she gave her dad that long letter. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she later came to regret, yeah. but it was just this moment of extreme tension, because her dad had been there for her the whole time, and yeah. finally, she's kind of sharing her true thoughts, but it's a little over the top, and he reads it, and he's so hurt, but he's a... And they kind of make it through it together. I just thought that was like a real... She's growing up, she's working through some of the biggest stuff. Yeah. I, I just... I
0: found that really... And she's not doing it in ideal circumstances. Yeah. So not at all, you Yeah. Know and that's what was beautiful about that you know is like how many of us have tried to have one of those serious heart to heart conversations with a person with whom is very close to you Mm -hmm. and it hurts them and you didn't set out to hurt them but it hurts them and they get infuriated and whatever their reaction is it hurts you Mm -hmm. ultimately you overcome it because that's what close people do but it's so relatable and so beautiful in a way and it's I don't know. It's sad what happened, but it's also kind of this beautiful thing that, like, you know, Otto lived his whole life having this thing.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. this
0: tangible little thing of his daughter.
1: Yeah. He probably got to know her
0: exceptionally really well. Yeah. I mean, he probably. I mean, never we feel like we well.
1: know her. Yeah.
0: You know? I literally feel like she's one of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. For for me, um, I think I really enjoyed that section of of her and Peter, like. Becoming strong, kind of girlfriend boyfriend. I love that, yeah. and and I think part of it was because I felt like I, I knew her so well. Yeah, and it's like you're rooting and for your friend for her. to like you know, you want it to work out. out. Yeah, yeah, you want it to work out. So yeah. that was, I, I it was kind of like made me happy when that was going on, especially because this whole time, you know, she's talking about. Um, you know, finding love and like not ever having experienced it before and what she's missing out on and stuff. So it felt really kind of happy to me,
0: but um... only a day or two after they kiss, she writes in her diary, we are shut up here, shut away from the world in fear and anxiety, especially just lately. Why then should we who love each other remain apart? Why should we wait until we've reached a suitable age? Why should we bother? very beautiful yeah of course later on she's like eh, whatever but <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, even that I love that it came to an end there yeah where she kind of realizes it was maybe not her love of her life but like yeah.
1: a due to circumstance but, a, kind of, of yeah. Thing. Yeah.
2: but still it was beautiful what happened and
0: I um, as somebody who had a very like calloused heart as a young mm-hmm. man like not empathetic at all um i absolutely think that anybody should read this book anyone doesn't matter who you are um i think that as a man especially a privileged white person especially who's never had to like you know not you know not been able to speak my mind or you know Like I can just, I don't know. There's so many things. It's like, I think this book is so important and I understand why it's been in print for all of these years. Mm. Not only is it a gateway into history, but it's a gateway into an individual's life who I think that if you're willing can change your life. Like I feel greatly changed. Even just like, Mm. you know, reading this book for the first time, it's like, I don't know. I think it's it's profound and subtle at the same time you know what i mean because you're just you're just reading these little notes these little inscriptions in this diary and it's like it feels so small but it feels so important by the time you're done mm-hmm. i think it also like for me it's kind of
1: like don't i don't know maybe not maybe don't judge so quickly about people um because like you you think about <laughs> Before before reading this, at least, it was like, well, who is Anne Frank? She died in the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, and that was it. That's how her story was in my head. Yeah. But this is barely a Holocaust book. I mean, no. it
0: is in terms of, like, circumstances. Which is why it bothers me that it's only in the Holocaust section in yeah. Powell's. Like, but you it just, could have been somewhere more, I don't know, not that it's not, but... you. Ju- I just feel like you, if, by reading this,
1: at least for me, it's like taught me to give people a chance like everybody has a story hmm. and you know all of their stories are probably interesting in their own ways yeah. and, they, and they are good at different things you know you know like that you may not be able to see on the surface
0: um going back to when i was talking at the beginning about how it made me realize like how tasteless and disgusting like and frank jokes are yeah reminds me of name of the wind. When in the very beginning, when I thought about this actually quite a bit while I was reading the book, there's a scene early on in Quoth's framed narrative where, and this doesn't matter to anyone listening to the podcast who hasn't read the book, but he is reciting basically a, ch- a children's rhyme about this person named Lady Lackless. And it's kind of a very popular theory that Quoth's mother was Lady Lackless. And she abandoned her family to go and be with the man she loved. Now he sings a nursery rhyme and his mother calls him over like, what were you just singing? And he's like, Oh, just a thing I heard from kids. And she's like, well, like, do you know anything about Lady Lackless? And he's like, well, no, I guess just like what's in the song. And she's like, it's not a very nice song, is it? And he like analyzes the lyrics and he's like, Oh wow. Actually it's very mean. And she says, she says it might just be a children's song, but you have to remember that lady lackless is an actual person and Mm -hmm. she has feelings despite like whether or not you know her personally. And he's like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. She's basically saying like, you're singing a song about me, bitch, but like, you know, (laughs) like don't hurt my feelings, but she does it in a very like tactful way. And I thought about that a lot while reading this. It's like, why I felt pretty ashamed too. It's like, why did I have to read her diary before I realized that like those jokes were tasteless? And I've known that jokes are tasteless for a long time, but but why then do suddenly I regret it more than I did last month hmm. before we read the book? I don't know. Um, I hope that you listener, uh, read along, you know, with us during the podcast and uh, I hope you've joined the conversation wherever we're having on Twitter and all those sorts of things. Um, I do think it's a must read, whether you read it like on the steps of your, you know, Mm -hmm. on on, uh, the steps of your death or whether or not you read it early. I think it's important. Um, And not to like belittle anybody else's story, but we have this one. So, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for picking a good book, Rhett. Yeah,
0: yeah thanks, Rhett. What started as the ultra try-hard book has, like, become one of the defining books of my life. <laughs> 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 um, which is funny. Like, it's weird how that works, right? Like, people have talk about it all the time. Well, you have to read it. It's a must-read. It's, like, in every list of, like, nonfiction yeah. ever. And I just, like, kind of scoffed at it until I was like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's a woman. It's a Jew, you know, <laughs> like, living in, like, the most prosecuted time of Jew- in Jewish history
1: yeah
0: um, yeah. and if you guys are worried about costs man it's so cheap you can go get a used copy of this at a used bookstore I bought mine for five bucks and I'm sure you can get like a Kindle version for like, less than that mm. if you have a Kindle or whatever go to the library check it out for free
1: yeah there's a ton at the library yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you guys have anything else to say
1: um we don't really have a pre well actually we do have a preview for our next book don't we do you want to talk at all about oh yeah next yeah, book? yeah yeah
2: so up next we always try to plan at least one book ahead sometimes more <laughs> no not actually but um we're going to read Ta-Nehisi Coates I think it's Ta-Nehisi Coates Between the World and Me And it's it's essentially a new version of a James Baldwin book where he's writing letters to his son about how to make sense of the world that we live in. So, he's kind of trying to prepare his black son for the world. So, I thought just for our group, seeing that advice and thinking about what is it like to live an experience that's totally different than our own, that, you know what is it like to have to be prepared for some of the dangers you'll face that are just because of your skin color? I think it'll be a really interesting book to talk through and I'm excited to, to break it
0: out. Yeah. I think that's a great choice. Love it. Well, cool guys, unless we have anything else to tack on at the end, uh, want to thank you listener for getting all the way to the end here with us. And we hope you read along. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, And again, if you guys have any thoughts or, you know, you're sitting here listening to us just ramble in circles and you want to scream at us, like hit us up on Twitter or email us, um, you know, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, all of these things will be provided to you in the show notes or a little, a little post script audio recording, if you will, because we're still kind of in development. Yeah. We completed our first cycle.
1: Yeah. We all picked one book. Yeah. And And I was, I, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um I'm feeling pretty good about this. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might be a thing. Um again, like join in on the conversations wherever they may be on forums on on social media that sort of thing. Um we really want to hear if you guys disagree with anything we said because we're just three white dudes like, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to change the world from our couch uh, here in small town Oregon. So Um, you know, we're always trying to learn and, uh, we hope that you guys join us on that journey. Um, so with that being said, of course, I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kurt. And until next time, stay, stay frosty. guys, thanks for sticking with us through this episode uh, as we discussed The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Of course, you can find the other episodes in this discussion the same place that you found this one, be it airpodcast.com or iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform might be. I want to give you a really quick reminder that if you want to join our conversation, you can do so over on Twitter. We are at Awesome Book Club, or if you want to write us a letter or send us an email, you can do so abc at airpodcast.com. And one more thing, guys. If you have the time and you're so inclined, we'd really appreciate it if you could go on iTunes or whatever your your podcast platform is and leave us a rating and leave us a review and and give us some honest feedback. If there's something you think we can work on, let us know, and we'll do our best to, to address that. We really appreciate it, guys. We hope you enjoy the other episodes as well.